Now, the first scripture is the, the, the story of Mary and Martha that has Jesus saying something to Mary. The second scripture looks a little differently at these two characters. Listen carefully in both of these scriptures as we come to terms with what this means for us. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what, she was, what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. And from John chapter 11. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So... Mary and Martha. Now, what we see in these stories are two very distinctive sets of attributes, do we not? And that's what I'm going to be pulling out for every one of the women that we celebrate uh, throughout the summer. But very, very different sets of attributes. Mary sees Jesus, comes, sits at his feet. Martha comes to Jesus and complaints. Well, for good reason, don't you think? I mean, we have to look at Jewish hospitality law in the midst of this, as we kind of prepare to look at all of this on this graduate and volunteer Sunday, where we celebrate all of that. I want you to imagine for just a second that you are sitting quietly at home hearing rumors that someone that you really want to learn from is coming to your house. And suddenly a knock goes on the door, and I just realized I was watching the, the, the first part of The Hobbit last night, and it's exactly what happened to Bilbo. <laughs> the reason I share that, totally unexpected, you know, 
And so knock comes on your door, and you open the door, and there's the person standing there, but then you look beyond him at the whole contingent that follows him. And Jewish hospitality law says you have to entertain them all. So here's Martha, looking with shocked, I'm not, I was going to say excitement, that's the wrong word, despair, at this whole contingent, knowing that the law says that she has to invite them in, and it should be they invite them in, she has to invite them in, she has to, by law, make them comfortable, which means she has to go out to the storage shed and find as many cushions as mat- and mats as she can. She has to go into the larder because they have to be fed. They have to be, have, have thirst quenched. They have to be comfortable. And the whole point of this is it's all about shalom. It's all about bringing peace to anyone who comes into your home. Well, and where's Mary? I, I've got to do this. Where's Mary? Where's Mary? (laughs) Really? I mean, come on. And yet, and yet, Jesus says, who made the better choice? Mary. There's so many terms that could come to mind, but Mary makes the better choice, and yet Martha is the one who goes to work. And the work for Martha, as long as he is there and that contingent of folks is there, is nonstop. It doesn't go away once you are fed once. It continues as long as they are in your home. You are to treat them like honored family. That's what the law says. And Mary absolutely followed the law. And as I look at this scripture, I think, I probably would have said something similar to Mary or to Martha, as Martha said. Because then what we have, so hold on to that, then what we have is this second scripture. And who was it that as their brother has died and been in the tomb for four days, who is it that goes out to Jesus? It's Martha. And what does she say to Jesus? But confronting him, Here is a woman who goes out and confronts Jesus to say, if you had only been here. And then she pauses. And she looks at him very in a very similar way to what Peter did to him prior. And it wasn't Peter at that point. It was Simon. But it was because of this statement that Simon's name was changed to the rock, to Peter looks at him, she looks at him and says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. And then, anything that you choose to do, you can do. Parentheses. Raise my brother from the dead. Raise my brother from the dead. Because then comes the whole I am the resurrection statements. And he will rise. She said, I understand he will rise, but he said, no, he will live today. And then came the question to Martha, do you believe it? 
I mean, you talk about building an incredible theological foundation because it is what we are asked every, every day. Do you believe it? And it was Martha who came out with that kind of spiritual wisdom, that kind of spiritual confrontation, and then went back into the house where Mary was doing what? Sitting. And summoned her to come out. And what happened at that point is Mary's faith emerged in a way that was completely different than Martha's. Mary immediately threw her arms around the feet of Jesus and wept. And Jesus, looking at her, feeling that sense of emotion with incredible compassion, and what we find out of that is as they stand and turn and begin to move toward the tomb, the shortest verse in the Bible and one of the most powerful occurs because it says he was groaning in his spirit and Jesus wept. Jesus broke down as he felt the emotion. But he felt the emotion from two very, very different sisters and felt the emotion at the depth of his soul. Very, very interesting, uh, this scripture. Very interesting how the responses are and very interesting about these two characters. And let me just explain, I think, some of the attributes that I find in, in either one or both. I'm going to read these. Martha was the intellectual, confident servant. The intellectual, confident servant. She was task-oriented and ordered her life that way. She was systematic. She was driven. She followed the law. She was not emotionally driven. She didn't weep. She simply stated fact. And in the midst of that personality, she clearly understood that Jesus was the Messiah. And as the Messiah, he had the ability, should he choose to do it, to resurrect her brother, to bring him back from the dead. That's Martha. Mary was the spiritual one. And I put that in quotes. Everything she did was guided by emotion and thought, by prayer, by quiet study, by sitting at the feet of her master and her teacher and learning from him. She was like a spiritual sponge. Again, very emotional and deeply sensitive. Mary knew not that Jesus could resurrect. That was Martha. But that Jesus could have healed her brother before he died. She wept because she knew that her brother was dead. She wept for the loss of it and wept because had Jesus chosen to come earlier, she knew that he could have healed her brother. For her, the life was over. Thus, the weeping. So it all begs the question, where does that leave us on this graduation and volunteer Sunday? And now with that in mind, I just want you to think, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. Which of those two now best describes you? Which of them can you relate to most readily? Is it Martha? Or is it Mary? Well, here's the deal. To be successful as a church, or even as individuals, somehow we have to have that balance, do we not? 
somehow we have to have both of those kind of attributes within us. One will always emerge as the most readily accessible to each of us. But to find balance, to find shalom, we have to see both. So I have to ask you, what might the church look like if all we had in the church were Mary's? Okay, here we go. Ready? Nothing would get done. But there would sure be a lot of deeply felt spiritual learning. Our pastoral care teams would explode, would be huge, and the prayer chain would involve every single person in the church. We would shed more tears, laugh more, and we would be all about supporting each other, period. But who would do coffee hour? Who would cook? Who would type a bulletin? Who would fold it? I mean, I can go down the list. Who would organize Sunday school or put up or take down tables? Who would run the dishwasher? (laughs) Who would sit up for worship? We need those folks as well, but we also need Martha types. For Martha types do everything that I just talked about and more. Mary types see the spiritual needs and want to go for them and be those spiritual sponges. Martha types see the needs for action and will go there and take those on. And what's so interesting to me as I look at the Mary Martha circle is how that combination works within that group of women and how beautiful that balance is. For the graduates, I keep thinking about what does this mean for them, and I I think about Cora, I think about all those others, Keegan and others who are on this graduates list, and the, the whole takeaway for me is that it is up to us to a great extent to help them find balance in their lives. There's no question but that that it took some kind of Martha type behaviors to get where they were to be able to graduate. But that can't be all. There has to be more to it than that. There has to be that giving spirit. And I look at that list of graduates and know without question that every one of them has both. Some are greater on one or on the other, but they are both. And our role is to continue to surround them to help them create that balance, to pray for them that they find those folks, those groups, those places, that church that can help them create that kind of community and that kind of family. Because it is what we do. We are family in the best sense of the word. And ours is to continue to pray and motivate and help hold them accountable as well as encourage them to a life of balance that also gives back to the community. It is what we do. It is what we do. And as we celebrate volunteers, I want to simply say thank you. I wish I could have written cards out, but I will tell you about first service in just a second. But what I'd like to do is is mention an area of service of volunteering in the church or the greater community and have you stand as you have become involved in any of those things. There's no pressure here, by the way. And I I really mean that. I want to begin this with those who have carried our Christian education program throughout this time of transition. 
And this is the one group that I'm going to read the names. Uh, Pam Bresky, who led that group, provided me with all these names. And this is more than Christian education um, at Sunday school. This is also those of you who also volunteered to support our nursery workers. So here are the names. So if you hear your name, please stand. Pam Bresky, Melissa Pierce, Irene Monson, Chris and Emily Browder, Don and Edna Badden, Jane Lee, Sarah Fenstermacher, Sue Albers, Adam and Gretchen Stunkel, Melinda Hampston, Jan Durham, Jean Harris, Jean Rummel, Edna Fadden, Alana Morrison, Neverland Lingerfeld, Vince, Vince, Karen, and Fallon, uh, Fratello, uh, Fleischman, Irene Monson, Lori Wilson, Lavona Lowe, Jane Lee, Ryan Bresky, and I would ask Cora and Haley and Martine also, and one of them is in the nursery right now, I believe. So, here we go. <clears throat> Would all of you stand, anyone who has volunteered in the office at any time, anyone who has assisted with worship at any level, stand, including music groups, the band, the choir, the bells, the banner committee, anyone who's helped decorate or, or take down things, if you would stand. Any of you who have folded bulletins or newsletters, please stand. If you've helped with a dinner or helped in feeding, clothing, supporting, or encouraging others either here or beyond our doors, please stand. If you have weeded or mowed or trimmed or built or done work outdoors or taken down anything outdoors or indoors to make this place more beautiful, please stand. If you've served on a committee, a search team, or a task force, please stand. If you've written anything for others, please stand. If you've helped at any camp or retreat, if you've done any kind of outreach in the community, coached or been involved in youth group, please stand. If you've been involved with the preschool, a Bible study, a UMW circle, or men's breakfast, or women's Monday night group, please stand. If you've come to church, <laughs> please stand. If you've helped with coffee hour or anything like that, please stand. If you've ever prayed for anybody, please stand. If you've taught children, youth, or adults, if you've served in a nursery or prayer ministry or anything like that, please stand. The pastoral care team. If I've missed anything, if you've, all, if you've volunteered, please stand. And if you're here again, as I said, in worship, oh, look, <laughs> please stand if you are able. I want you to look around. And I want you to look around because in the midst of each one of us, we are Mary and Martha. We're both. We're here because we seek to learn and to grow. We're here because we want to be here in support of each other. Friends, that's as deep as volunteering as we can get. But we're also here to do work. We're here to do work. So I would ask in the midst of worship, give yourselves a round of applause. And thank God for each other. You may be seated. Again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing your gifts. Thank you for praying. Thank you for serving. Thank you for also being those spiritual sponges. Thank you for being in support as a family, the best possible family for each other, no matter what, no matter what. And we're going to celebrate this a little bit more at prayer. But as we prepare for prayer, let's sing together, Sanctuary.